You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need, including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care. And with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Fighter versus the Rider. I'm your host, as always, Damon Martin. And today I am very happy to be joined by one of the top flyweights in the UFC. She makes her return to action at UFC 276 for a big fight against Misha Tate. And of course, we're also going to talk about UFC 275 coming up this weekend. A little later in the show, I'm actually going to talk to UFC flyweight champion Valentina Shevchenko. But right now, I am always happy to welcome to the show Lauren Murphy. Lauren, how are you? really good thank you thanks a lot thanks for having me on absolutely oh, you're gonna talk to Val later huh i am gonna talk to Val later absolutely a big big fight coming up this weekend in your division of course uh you have a big fight of your own coming up in just a couple weeks so how is everything now you're out in colorado right yeah i came out here a couple months ago um with montana de la rosa because uh she's been doing her camps out here so she had that fight with macy and um i knew i was gonna fight misha so I was like, well, I'd like to train with Montana. Like, she's a very good grappler, you know? And so uh, I followed her out here to Colorado, and I just, I really liked it. Like, it was a nice change of pace. Um, I guess not even really a change of pace, just more of a change of place. Like, new surroundings, new people. Um, there were, like, so, there's so many women here to work with, high-level women. We're all about the same size. It's It's been awesome. It's really been a blessing. And just to meet so many great coaches and um yeah, like kind of disconnect, I guess, from from the last fight with Valentina and, and get started fresh. It's been super nice. Yeah, I know it's uh, you've been working with Elevation. I know I saw some photos working with Raquel Pennington, Tisha Torres, a lot of great fighters out there. Of course, I know Elliot Marshall really, really well. I know he's one of the coaches out there, Cody Donovan, a lot of great people to work out there. And I know they all kind of like they all kind of cross train with each other. Like there's a lot of gyms out there, but I do. Know, I know, do know a lot of people tra- train with each other out there. So I imagine you get a lot of looks in Colorado. Yeah, it's been great. In that way, it kind of reminds me of Houston because there's a lot of cross training in Houston as well. And um, I really like that. I think it's super important for fighters to cross train, to travel, to uh, like, you know, meet new people and train with new people. I think it's really important for our growth. So I've worked with some awesome people out here. Like um, I'm working with a guy, Carrington Banks uh, is going to be in my corner. I've been working a lot with Justin Houghton. That's been awesome. 
Um, I've been working with Sean Madden. I think uh, Sean's going to come out to Vegas with us. Um, yeah, and then they have like a big girls team here that's like Claire Guthrie, who's uh, her episode of Tough comes out today, actually. So she's on this season of The Ultimate Fighter. Um, uh, Miranda Maverick is a badass training partner. I have really enjoyed getting to work with her. Of course, I got to work with Montana while she was here. And uh, I do see Raquel, but her hand is casted up right now. Well, I think it's out of the cast now, but she can't really do too much like live stuff. So um, yeah, I do see Raquel and Tisha around and that's been cool. Um, I even got to work a little bit with like Rose Nami Yunus, which for me was like a huge honor and I, I really enjoyed it. So it's been a cool experience being out here. I've loved it. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, I know um, one of my, you know, one of my guys, Matt Brown, who does the show with me quite often. He was out there for several years training. Again, I've known a lot of guys and girls who have gone out there. So no secret why you go out there. Now, let me ask you real quick, uh, Lauren, because we, when we, you know, we heard about the fight with Misha getting booked in May and then it ends up getting pushed back to July. I think it was a lot of timing on her side. Of course, we know she filmed that reality show, the big brother thing. And then of course, you know, the yeah. timing, everything. So this was such a big fight that it kind of seemed like it's worth waiting for. But was there any disappointment it got pushed back from May to July? Did you just kind of roll with the punches saying, hey, I, I'm getting Misha Tate. Like, I don't really care if it's an extra month away. Because, again, I mean, not to insult anybody else in the flyweight division, but I think outside of probably the champion, this is probably the biggest fight you can get right now, right? Like, just because of name value, who she is. Um. So I was not disappointed that it was pushed back, like not really. Uh, I needed some time too. I had a lot of stuff I was dealing with and it just gave me more time to kind of get used to this camp and see what was going on and meet more coaches and all that kind of stuff. So I really wasn't bummed at all that it was pushed back. In fact, I was like, this is the universe like taking care of me right now, <laughs> you know, but it is a big fight. And, um, that's just the way I like it. That's like, that's where I'm at in my career. It's all big fights from here on out. I think I've earned that. And um, yeah, I'm excited to go out there and show that like I'm, I can bounce back and that uh, I can grow from my losses. And, and um, I think this is the perfect opportunity to show the world that I can do that. Absolutely. Can I ask, I mean, we're going to see Misha at flyweight for the first time. Now there's a million things that can happen there. We've seen some fighters drop down weight classes. They look better than ever. Uh, you're a great example of that, you know, earned a title shot, those kind of things. We've seen other ones where you know, it just doesn't work out. Now she, Misha's been a bantamweight her entire career did very well. She was a champion in that weight class, but she always was a little undersized. Maybe uh, she seems to think she's going to look great. She's posted you know, videos and photos saying she's feeling great, but we also know that's not the same as actually cutting weight and then going into a fight but what do you expect out of her because again this is a weird one because she is so i don't mean this is she's later in her career i don't think misha would tell you she's like a rookie at this point you know she's later in her career to make a change in weight class so what do you expect out of her what are you what are you thinking because sometimes you wonder like are they making the move for the right reasons is it because she lost or is it because she really truly felt like she was a flyweight yeah i don't you know i don't know i don't really have any expectations to be honest um i I think that she'll probably, I think she has a good team. So I'm, I mean, I guess she's going to feel great. And uh, I expect her to come out and fight just as well as she does at Bantamweight. Like I don't, I'm not, um, yeah, I'm trying, I don't really expect much. And I haven't really given that much thought to it, to be honest with you. I mean, now we're getting to that point in camp where I guess maybe I could start, but really I've been focused on what I want to do, what I want to improve. How can I be better? How can I be the best version of myself? And that's really what I've been trying to focus on lately, you know? 
Yeah. You've, you know, you've, you've been to the top of the mountain. You fought for the title. And I know going into this one, a lot of the narrative, and I know you probably shut this out because, you know, you're not affecting here. I am the jerk going to ask you the question anyways, but a lot of the narrative has been, well, if Misha wins, you know, she's going to be the one, like she's going to go in there and eventually fight Valentina or whoever. I don't want to discount Tyler Santos, but I'm just saying because Val- Valentina is a champion right now, but everyone's kind of building up. And again, no, Misha's a big name. There's no doubt about that. Former champion, you know, the rivalry with Ronda Rousey. We all know the story. So she is a big name. There's zero doubt about that. Um, but do you, is there any part of you that feels like once again, cause you've been here before people are kind of looking past you. They're like, Oh, Lauren Murphy, we're not worried about her. We're talking Misha, Misha, Misha. You've been here before. You love playing the spoiler, and I love that you play the spoiler. Like, is there a little bit of that going into this? Yeah, I hope so. I do love to be the underdog. I do love to be the spoiler. Um, You know, but it's like when I see comments about the fight, which I I don't see too many comments, but every time I do see comments, it's like, oh, this is going to be a sick fight. (laughs) Like, I'm pretty, you know what I mean? That's why they put us on a big card. And um, I know I'm going to show up and perform. I know I'm going to, I'm going to have a great night. I just, I know I'm going to have a great night. And um, like, like I said, these are the fights that I've earned and these are the fights that I belong in. And this is a perfect opportunity to showcase why but I didn't just fall into this fight by accident. You know, I'm here for a reason too. So uh, I know that like people love to focus on Misha and that she's a former champion and uh, she hasn't faced Valentina yet and blah, blah, blah. But I, I, I don't know. It just doesn't really, it doesn't really matter to me. This is like, I feel like I'm on my home turf. This is what I've done my whole career as I've gone in and I've upset people uh, I've made it my night. I like to make fights dirty. I come out with the win and I get my hand raised. And and that's kind of been the story of my career. That's how I earned a title shot, right? Yeah, it's kind of funny. I actually thought the reverse because when they announced, when I first heard about this fight, I was like, man, they're not doing Misha a lot of favors. They're throwing her right in the deep end on day one because, you know, Ketlin Vieira is a very good fighter, but, you know, Ketlin's always kind of been that, you know, top five, top six. Now, again, she just got the win over Holly Holm, so maybe she has taken that next step up, but she's always kind of like been on the fringe of the top five, and she lost her, and again, there's no shame to losing to her, but, you know, going from Marion Renault to that, and now you, I was like, man, they're not doing Misha any favors in her first flyweight fight. Like, they're throwing you right in the deep end. I heard Misha picked me. So Oh, wow. Yeah, she's gonna get what she asked for. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you got to be careful what you when you when you when you get what you ask for, right? Yeah, for sure. In this game, yeah, you end up getting something you might not want. Yeah, there's a it's a dangerous because you know she was retired for so long and she came back and she seems focused. I've talked to her a couple times. She seems focused and everything, but. You do put pressure on yourself in that situation. Like she came back saying, I want to make a run at the title. I want to, you know, make one more great run, all those kind of things. You've never stopped. You've never slowed down. And I think an argument could be made. I mean, again, take nothing away from the Valentina Shevchenko fight, but you've been kind of on a, a really, really good run right now. And we're kind of, you know, this is a, this is a big, this is a tough fight for her. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Lord, it's a really tough fight for her right now. Yeah. You don't have to tell me. I, I've known <laughs> that for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, when they gave, when they said that Misha wanted to fight me, I clapped my hands and I jumped up and down. Like I could not, I could not thank the universe more for giving me this gift. You know, this is perfect for me. Yeah. It's also a big card. I mean, again, I know that at the end of the day, you know, you're going to fight her, whether it's a back alley or the apex or wherever, <laughs> but, but being on a big card like this, being back in front of fans and everything, I think it's going to make this, that one, make this one that much bigger. 
Yeah. And you know, what's so cool about this card. It's like Jared Cannoneer's headlining. And we kind of, we came up in Alaska together. Jared and I were like white belts together, you know, and Sean O'Malley is on the card and he's fighting somebody in the top 10. Um, it's like, oh, and Brian Barberina is fighting Robbie Lawler. And so we were like all at the lab together. We're all friends. We all kind of came up together at the same time. I think like I had just gotten in the UFC. Brian got in the UFC. Suge was on his way up. Um, Jared, it was at the lab with all of us at the same time. So it's actually, it's really fucking cool that we're all on this card and we all have big fights on it too. It's like, we all fucking made it. We all did it. We are all living our dream. And I just, I couldn't be more proud. I'm super stoked to walk into battle, like shoulder to shoulder with those guys. That's amazing. And on the same night, yeah. you might get to snuff Misha Tate's dream of becoming flyweight champion. That's another way you become the dream crusher a little bit that night. I don't know what you mean, might. That's in my plans. I don't know what you got going on that night, but that's my plan. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, uh, Lauren, I know you've talked, you know, since the fight with Valentina, you know, what what went wrong that night? You've been very honest. I, I saw the interview you did a few days later. You've been very honest about that performance. But when you when you come out of that going in here, like, what do you – because I think there's, a, there's two sides of it when you come out of a fight like that. Like, I see some fighters make wholesale changes. Like, they completely change who they are dramatically they they erase everything they've ever done they feel like it's a, you know the worst thing in the world and then I, then I see the other side which is realism which is you lost it was a bad night you lost and you, and you come back from that where on that scale do you feel like you fell coming out of that fight and now going into Misha Tate because it sounds like you're fired up you're ready to go I think you're ready to punch her tomorrow maybe you have to wait a couple <laughs> weeks but it's not like you're ready to punch but it doesn't feel like you like you realize what went wrong and then you you figured out what happened and you feel fired up right now. Now, please correct me if I'm wrong, but it just seems like, you know, that was that night and you put it behind you. Yeah. So, um, a lot did go wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, it took a long time to process, but so much went wrong in that camp to fight Valentina. It's almost unbelievable. I've actually never seen anything like it. Um, like the amount of shit that went wrong before that fight was just fucking amazing. And, um, by the time I got into the octagon, I was already, I was already broke. Like I was broke before I even got in there. And, um, I had to look at why that was. And there was a lot of reasons for that, like good, legit reasons. But to be honest with you, Damon, I should not have been in the octagon that night. I just should not have been in the octagon that night. And, um, we had talked about pulling out of the fight fight week. Um, like one of the things, like the very last thing that happened in a long chain of bullshit was that, um, my head coach got COVID and he got sent home the week of the fight. And so like, I know Joe got heavily criticized for his cornering, but like Joe wasn't even supposed to fucking corner. I mean, he was supposed to be in the corner, but he wasn't really supposed to coach like that, that night, you know? And, um, I think I was just already broken before before I got in there and um there's a lot that went wrong I think that I am going to talk more about it as the fight gets closer but it's like it's almost like I don't even know where to fucking start to tell you all this stuff that went wrong but I I didn't have a coach like my head coach had gotten sick and he wasn't there um I was very ill I was not at 100 percent uh the camp had been a total shit show leading up to that like there's just a lot of things that did not that did not go well. And, um, the week of the fight, I thought about pulling out of the fight, but I did not want to miss my chance to fight the champion. 
And I like, I'm the kind of person where even if the odds are a trillion to one, like I'm going to fucking take those odds, you know, like who knows, maybe, maybe, (laughs) you know, maybe. And that's what I kind of kept telling myself. But, um, you know, I had to be honest. It's like, I was already broke before I even walked in the octagon that night. Wow. It's like, uh, it it sucks too, because it's like, uh, Murphy's law, everything that can go wrong will go wrong. And it always seems to happen right before these really big, I know this is a horrible, horrible analogy, but I was just thinking about this because I'm going on vacation for the first time in three years in July because the pandemic, I haven't been on vacation. So I'm going on vacation in July and I'm thinking, like, imagine getting like deathly ill right before you like everything gets ruined. Like I would be so bummed. Like if I got really sick right before I got my first vacation for three years, I'd be so like, God, are you kidding me? Like right now, now, of course I said, that's a terrible analogy, but I'm saying like in your situation, you're fighting for the title, biggest opportunity of your life. And of course, that's when everything goes haywire right yeah and like to be fair it's like nobody forced me to fight that night you know like nobody forced me to get in there i made that choice i chose to fight that night because i i wanted to fight the champion i wanted to fight valentina shevchenko i wanted to know what that felt like i wanted to know I wanted to know what it was like to compete for the fucking title against the best in the world and i you know like jojo calderwood she was lined up to fight for the title and it's like then the champion got hurt and then jojo never could make her way back she's never gonna fight for the title now and man every time i see jojo she looks like she just got done sucking on a lemon she's just bitter you know and i didn't want to end up like that i did not want to end up like that i wanted to at least shoot my shot no matter how shitty it was gonna go and um i wanted to i like i wanted to share the octagon with one of the greatest fighters that's ever lived and um i knew i wasn't like like anyway i i i we all needed to put down our egos that week and call the fight and you know i just couldn't i couldn't so yeah yeah. It is. It's understandable because you're right. Obviously, Jojo Calder was a great example of that. Like she ended up taking that fight with Jennifer Maya. She lost. And then, you know, of course, what's happened more recently, you don't know. You just never know. I mean, you don't know. And like I said, where you're in right now with the Misha Tate fight, you absolutely could get another shot. There's no doubt about it. You could get another title shot, uh, but you just don't know. I mean, that's the reality of it. You walk away from that title shot. It may never come again. I mean, that's just the sad reality of the sport. Yeah, exactly. We just we never know it. This game is so crazy. But it's like anything could happen in MMA, fucking anything. And so it's like when you have a title shot locked in, like I said, even if you know the odds are a trillion to one, I'm I'm the kind of person that's going to take those odds, you know. But I feel that we all could have done better as a team um, making those decisions. I think we made the I think as a team, we made the wrong decision. But as the fighter, as the individual, that's the choice that I made. I hope that makes sense. No, it does. It absolutely does. No, I, I, again, that's, it's kind of like goes back to the conversation. I remember having this conversation with Anthony Smith after that whole Glover to sheriff fight. And he's like, you know, defending the fact that his coaches didn't throw in the towel. And he's like, I'm not defending other people, not throwing in the towel. I'm saying me personally, I've told my coaches never throw in the towel. Let me go until I'm done. And, you know, but he actually advocates that more people should, we sometimes have to protect the fighters from themselves. Like that's what your team is around awesome. you for, you know, like you have, cause I know you, if I said right now, Hey Lauren, uh, Misha Tate standing over there, she's behind a wall of fire. Uh, and on the floor <laughs> there's nails. Now you could go fight her, but you have to go through this wall of fire and a bed of nails. You'd probably yeah. charge right at her. And I would say, <laughs> no, hold on. That's probably not the best idea in the world, but that's how fighters are built. 
No, and that's why we do the fighting, you know, because like even if I had one arm and was bleeding out of a profuse neck wound, I still like I still wanted to share the cage with the champion. But you're exactly right that that's why we have teams around us. And often it is to protect the fighter from themselves, because uh, just by nature, we we will not put our own health first. We won't, you know, and so that that was a. really something that it took me a while to reflect on. And I had to accept that, that it was like, you know, I, I played a part in making that wrong choice. You know, I played a part in deciding like, yes, we're going to go ahead and go through with this fight, even though I knew that I was already like, my mind was already not there. You know, my mind was already broken. So, um, Yeah, it's it's like, but, you know, I think about it a lot. In a lot of ways, it was one of the worst experiences of my life. Like, my dream was to go in and fight the best and, and give her a good fight. And here I had earned this opportunity to go in and fight the best. And I was not able to give her the fight that I felt I was capable of, you know. And that's like a living nightmare, you know. I didn't, I never wanted it to be like that in front of my family and friends I didn't want to get finished for the first time in my career. I did not want any of that to happen. So in those ways, it was a terrible experience. But also, <laughs> I got to share the cage with Valentina fucking Shevchenko. And it was amazing. And it was an incredible experience. I've never experienced anything like that in any other fight that I've ever had. And I fought everybody in the top 10. And like, she's different. She's different than all of them. And I'm, I'm so proud that me, a high school dropout and a single mom and a former drug addict from a small town in an isolated part of the country, uh, worked my way all the way up to fighting somebody of her level on that stage. It was the coolest fucking thing I've ever done in my life. You know? Yeah, absolutely. No, you're absolutely absolutely right. You got to take that perspective on it and look at that that way. And again, you'll get back there. You can absolutely get back there. This is a great way to get back there. You beat Misha Tate. I mean, come on. Like, that's the biggest win you could have in this division right now. And I mean, no offense to anybody else around that top five area, but Misha's a bigger win than pretty much anyone else. You beat her. You're right back in the thick of things. And I know from talking to Valentina enough to know that she's never discounted anyone from earning a shot back at her. Like she's never said, I'll never fight that person again. I just had this big conversation with her before about how she talked about like, you know, I never think I never get lost on, you know, people wanting me to go for double titles and all these different things. Like I just go where the opportunities are. So there's no, there's no book written saying you can't get back there again. No, I don't think so. When I beat Uh, I did be right back there for in a number one contendership fight against somebody super tough. I'm going to have to work really hard for it. And then when I beat that person, then again, I'm going to prove that like, I'm willing to fight and claw and scrape my way back to the top. I, it really, like, it really is. It's like, I don't feel discouraged and I don't feel, um, like, like defeated. You know, I know that Valentina beat me, but I still want to be the champion. Uh, it's going to take more than like one little ass kicking to keep me away from the championship. <laughs> That's it. You know, like I, you know, everybody knows who I am and how I work. I'm tough. I'm going to get back up. I'm going to come back better and I'm going to earn my way back there. And I don't care if everybody in the world fucking doubts me. I don't care what they say about it. I know like, this is my journey and I know in my heart that I'm capable of doing that. And that's what I want more than anything. I want, I want to, 
fight the champion again, no matter who it is. And I want to give a better performance. I love that attitude. I love that attitude. Let me ask you though, kind of, you know, kind of segueing, we're talking about the fights at UFC 275. You fought Valentina. You know what it's like to be in there with her. Now I'm listen, the reason I keep saying like, earn your way back there, Lauren, is because I think when you do earn your way back there, it's going to be you and Valentina. Absolutely no offense whatsoever to Tyler Santos. I just don't see her beating Valentina. I don't, I just, Valentina to me is on a different level in, in terms of that kind of competition. And also, and again, this is not a taking offense to Tyler Santos. I don't think she's had the path that I would say, man, she's ready for Valentina. You did. You kind of walked through the, you kind of walked through every contender on your way to a title shot. She, I'm yeah. not saying she hasn't fought good competition. She has fought good competition. But I just, again, I have a hard time believing Valentina is not going to win this fight. And it's, again, it's not Tyler that I have an issue with. It's just that I think Valentina is on a different level. You were in there with her. You know, um, when you get back to your title shot and your heart of hearts, you got to believe it's probably going to be Valentina. But please, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Tyler's got a chance. I, I think everybody has a chance. You know, that's, that is MMA. And like, Nobody gave Juliana Pena a chance against Nunes. I mean, nobody gave Matt Sarah a chance against GSP. It's like we've, you know, nobody gave Weidman a chance against Silva. And it's like Holly Holm against Ronda Rousey. We have seen upsets over and over and over again in this sport. And I do think that someday Valentina's day will come where she's going to be in the back. She's going to be warming up. She's going to feel a little bit off. She's going to whatever. Maybe something's going to get in her head. An opponent's going to take her by surprise. So I think that everybody has a chance. I think Tyla especially has like a puncher's chance. Like obviously she hits very, very hard. Um, but yeah, v Valentina's a different animal. She's different than anybody I've ever fought uh, prior to her, for sure. Her focus is unmatched. Um, her range management is fucking perfect. Um, she's fast. She's got an answer for everything. And her clinch is disgusting. It's the best, I think. It's She might have the best clinch in the UFC. And um, I know Tyla has a loss to Mara Barella, of all people. So, And I think that <laughs> happened in the clinch. Like, I think Mara kept body locking her and taking her down. And if that beat Tyla once, then I think Valentina is just going to eat her lunch with it. So, um, uh, Valentina has an incredible clinch. So, I... You know, maybe striking at distance, Tyla has a chance to land something and, you know, rock her or maybe she can touch her chin, something like that. Um, hopefully she feels confident when she goes in there, you know, and um, maybe, maybe she, maybe she can, maybe she can catch the champ. But I think that Valentino will more than likely close the distance, get in the clinch, take her down and finish her on the ground. Yeah. Can I ask your opinion, Lauren, because I know you're, again, your focus is Misha Tate and then eventually getting back to the champion, getting back to Valentina. But I know a lot of the buzz around Valentina, and let me be clear, and I'm sure you know this, Valentina doesn't really care. She doesn't seem to talk about it much unless she's asked about it. But a lot of people believe if she does win, she may potentially go on and fight the winner, Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunes. Now, she has two fights with Amanda, two losses, two very close fights, and then she obviously has the submission over Juliana Pena, just kind of taking yourself out of the equation. When you look at Valentina, you look at Juliana, you look at Amanda. Could you see her beating either one of them, becoming a two division champ? Cause I can, I obviously she has a win over one of them already. So it stands to reason, <laughs> but I think, listen, I think Valentina is the best pound for pound fighter in the sport right now. You know, maybe across all weight classes outside of maybe Kamar Usman. 
Um, I don't know. You tell me, like, could you see her beating either one of them? Yeah, I could totally see it. I could definitely see it. Um, you know, those women are so skilled. They're competing at the highest level. Her fight with Amanda um, was close, really close. I think it's still pretty controversial, right? Like people argue about it online <laughs> all the time. And her fight was not quite kind of work for the champ, you know? So um, I would love to see Valentina go on and be a two-division champ. I think that would be wonderful. Like, hopefully, you know, uh, like, I would love to see that happen for her. I would, I would definitely watch a rematch with either of those women. Like, if she went up and fought a third time with Amanda Nunes, you better believe I would be tuning in. If she went back and fought Juliana Pena again, I would be tuning in and I would be like, Shh, everybody shut up. It's on, it's on, sit down, shut you know, like I would tune into those fights. So yeah, I hope they do happen. Uh, I, I really like watching Valentina fight. And as you can tell, I have a ton of respect for her. Like I said, she's different than anybody I ever fought. So yeah, it's pretty badass. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, another fight at UFC 275 taking place this weekend is the rematch between Joanna Janjacek and Zhang Weili. Of course, they had the epic fight back in 2020, five-round war. War almost is not really, like, it doesn't do justice to say it was a war. It was epic. It was an incredible fight. Now, to be fair, Lauren, I actually scored the fight for Joanna that night. Uh, it was a close fight. Take nothing away from Zhang Weili. It's not to say she lost the fight by a wide margin, but I did score for Joanna, and I rewatched it. A couple of times I interviewed Joanna a few weeks ago. I rewatched it. I rewatched it again just recently just to kind of get geared up for this week. And I, I didn't change. I didn't change my score. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, again, Zhang Willie didn't have a great performance. But since then, of course, Joanna hasn't fought. She's been out for two years. She's coming back. Zhang Willie has lost both times since then. She got knocked out by Rose Namajunas, and then she lost the decision to Rose in the rematch. Um I'm a big believer in activity. We just talked about it with, you know, with Misha coming back from five years of retirement, you've never slowed down fighting the best in the world. But I also think that, you know, that fight with Joanna and Zhang can change you. I said it after Robbie Lawler fight Carlos Conde. I said, I don't think either one of those guys were ever the same afterwards. They took so much out of each other in that fight. I think they took a piece of each other's souls. And I was like, I don't think they were ever the same. I don't think Carlos ever looked the same after that Robbie Lawler fight. Um, you tell me, like, I'm sure like everyone else, you were marveling at that fight. It was an incredible war. But like, weirdly, I actually slightly favor Joanna going into this one because A, what well, is a three round fight? So it's a bit more of a sprint than a marathon. But also, I think not taking the damage and not like going through what she's gone through in the last couple of years might actually help Joanna. Whereas Zhang had to get knocked out and she got knocked out by Rose. And I was kind of like, man. Like, did her chin lose a little bit? Now, again, she went five rounds of the rose the second time, but it was a much different fight. They didn't really strike. There was a lot of ground exchanges, a lot of grappling in that fight. Rose is so incredible everywhere, so she didn't have to just, you know, try to outstrike her. But, I don't know, you tell me, like, I'm actually leaning Joanna in this fight because I think the time off actually might do her well. Yeah, yeah, I like that, too. I think that that's a pretty fair assessment. Um, sometimes you take some time off and you come back even better, you know? Um, even in a loss, like you can say that, uh, Wele was like staying active, you know, and certainly being active helps, but like, how long has it been since her last loss to Rose? It's been quite a while now, right? Like eight months or yeah, it's been a something. while. It's been a while. So 
Yeah, I would favor, I think I'm with you. I favor Joanna in that fight. I think she's going to come back faster, crisper, cleaner. She's had time to like recover, get her head right, fall back in love with the sport. Um, you know, she got away from the grind for a while so that when you jump back into it, it's like, uh, it's fresh and it's new and it's exciting. So yeah, I'll be leaning towards Joanna too, and I'll be cheering for her. Yeah, Joanna actually told me one thing that I, I really respect, and she said that, you know, the biggest mistake she made in the first fight was she was so aggressive that everything that, that Waylay hit her with, the biggest punches were counter strikes. She got countered a lot. She was aggressive, and then, you know, Waylay would hit her with counters. So she played a lot of offense, not a lot of defense. The fact that she recognizes that while understanding the mistakes she made, I think that's a key going into a rematch like this because I think everyone is expecting, oh, man, they put on the fight of the decade or whatever the last time out. I don't, I mean, listen, please tell me if I'm wrong, Lauren. I talked to a lot of people who've earned fight of the night wards and getting those fight of the night kind of battles. No one really wants that. Like you don't want to walk out with like, you know, where you got cuts and bruises and concussions and kind of craziness. You want to go in there first round knockout, go out, cash your check and leave, you know, leave it by the back door. But uh, I respect that you want to realize that she was like, she got too drawn into the war. She got too drawn into the, just the battle of it. And, and ultimately it did end up costing her a split decision. I think realizing that is a benefit going into a rematch like this. Now it's not to say it's going to be a boring fight. I don't think that's possible with these two, but uh, I like that she really, realize that she's like i got drawn into those exchanges too much and that's when she landed her best punches yeah yeah it is important to realize stuff like that and um you know, on a such a skilled fighter like i'm sure she realized that probably not even too long after after the fight you know so i yeah it's important i keep thinking when you're talking about it like when i fought andrea lee and we had such a war i thought for a while like i was like that fight changed me a little bit you know <laughs> like it took a long time to recover from that actually and i don't just mean physically but like mentally to like be like oh my god i might have to like walk through a meat grinder like that again i don't know if i want to do that you know because it is fun while you're in there. It's great to have wars. I love entertaining the crowds, but it's like, it does take time to recover from fights like that. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, the, 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 you know, everyone raving about your fight, talking about it, memorable, it's all great, but you got to be the one to live with it. You know, you got to be the one to come back from it. You know what I mean? Like we can all be like, Lauren, that was an amazing fight. Great. You're the one who actually has to recover from it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really just the recovery because I was very proud of that fight. Like I'm still very proud of that fight. I love, like, I think that's one of Andrea's favorite fights as well. It's one of my favorites in my career because we were just, we were just swinging and banging, you know, and like just out there throwing down, doing our best, staying in the moment. And, um, afterward I was ducked up. Like my, both my eyes were black, like, you know, it, it was crazy. And, uh, it did, it took some while to, it took a while to recover. And I remember talking to Joe about it and being like, I don't know, she might've beat all the toughness right out of me, you know, <laughs> which of course she didn't, but I, it, I needed a few weeks to like process that. And, uh, um, I had to get back in the gym and like, get, you know, fall back in love with the sport and like the, and the grind and realize like, okay, like toughness doesn't go anywhere, you know, but your mind can definitely go into those places after a war like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me uh, shift gears to the main event. Of course, we got Glover Teixeira, the legend himself, the, uh, the 42 year old light heavyweight champion taken on Yuri Prohoshka, one of the craziest, wildest, most creative fighters in the UFC. Now, of course, the, uh, you know, the way things are looking, you know, a lot of people wonder, is this going to be Glover's, you know, final run? Could this be his last fight? If he loses all these kind of things, 
I have loved this run that Glover Teixeira is on. Now, I don't know how Me well too. you, I, I don't know how much you know Glover, how much you've ever met him, but he is literally like one of the nicest people in this. Like, you cannot, you cannot not root for Glover Teixeira in terms of like who he is. Like, he's just like that dude. He is just a really good guy, consummate professional, consummate martial artist. Now, I don't know Yuri like that. I've only talked to Yuri a couple times. Incredibly nice guy. Uh, you know, old school martial artist seems like he's the kind of guy who would have entered karate tournaments back when he was like a kid. Like he's like that kind of crazy wild guy. But it's so hard going into a fight like this not to like deep down kind of find yourself rooting for Glover because I mean, so few fighters get to go what he went through and then actually reach the top of the mountain for one. I mean, he fought John Jones in like 2014, I think it was something like that to come mm-hmm. back in 2021 become champions already incredible and be at 42. I mean, imagine him winning this and, and defending. His time. I mean, again, it's it's nothing against Yuri, but it's like, man, how do you not root for Glover to share in this moment? I know I'm rooting for Glover to share in this moment. A hundred percent rooting for Glover to share. And for all the reasons that you just said, you know, I, I love it that he's like this tough motherfucker who that he doesn't care like what the critics say about whatever his style or his age or that he already got a shot. He went through all the contenders. He was getting finishes. Now he's a champion. And I don't, I remember him tweeting the day after he won. He said, I always wondered what it would be like to wake up the day after a championship fight with the belt and wake up as the champion. Now I know. And I got to say, it feels pretty nice. (laughs) And I just thought like, that was just so fucking cool. Like he's a cool dude. And I've heard cool stories about him too, from like coaches and fighters around that, you know, have spent fight week with him or been, you know, been around him in training or whatever. And all I've ever heard is good things about Glover Teixeira. So I love watching Yuri fight. I love watching that guy fight. He can flow. Uh, He's a very exciting fighter to watch, but I really would love um, to watch him be a contender for a while before he gets, before he becomes a champion. But I'm, so I'm rooting for Glover Teixeira in this one for sure. That dude dude has a piece of my heart. (laughs) I remember when Glover, when Glover's claim to fame was he was Chuck Liddell's training partner. Like, that's how far back Glover goes. Like, that was his claim to fame. He was like, everyone said, ooh, there's this guy named Glover Teixeira. He trains with Chuck Liddell. Like, Chuck Liddell hasn't been champion for a long, long time. And that's how far Glover goes back. Like, that's he is that dude. And listen, I love Yuri. I think Yuri's so much fun to watch, but I think... The problem Yuri had in the Dominic Reyes fight, I know a lot of people have brought this up, and I hate to keep banging the same drum, but he got taken down and mounted by Dominic Reyes. Now, Dominic Reyes is an incredibly skilled fighter. I don't want to make it sound like Dominic isn't good, but... No, if you got taken down, yeah, yeah, you get you get taken down and mounted by Dominic Reyes. That's that's not good. You get taken down by Glover Teixeira. You're not getting up again, and that's kind of where I think this fight goes. If Glover takes him down, it's done. And I don't mean any offense to Yuri, but. Glover is like the worst guy in the world. Like that's why Corey Anderson was such a bad matchup for Glover because Corey's a wrestler. He was able to get on top of Glover. If Glover gets on top of you, it's going to be a bad night at the office. Yeah, exactly. And that's another reason that I like love Glover to share. I love, like, I love his style. I love that. He's got that ace, you know, that ace up his sleeve at all times. And he hits hard too. Like he boxes like Mike Tyson with his head movement and hard hooks. He's not afraid to get in there, but I love watching Glover work on the ground. I think it's amazing. And, uh, yeah, I do. I'm hoping in my heart of hearts that he takes that young and down and just schools him around a little bit and comes home the champion. Yeah. Now I, I will, I would never ask you to, to speak for another fighter, but I'm kind of curious, Lauren, just kind of playing analyst here. 
we see so few fighters in this sport go out on top. I mean, you can count them on two, one hand. I mean, George St. Pierre and Khabib are pretty much like the examples of guys who went out as champion, went on top of the sport. Now, I know Glover has been honest and said, you know, maybe one more after this. I'm not really sure. You know, he said when he's in the camp, he loves it. He's feeling fiery and he just loves to keep going. But like, I, I'm not telling the guy to retire by any stretch of the imagination because I think Glover's amazing. But like, he, he, no one thought he could become champion. Let's be honest. After he lost to John Jones, he had some other tough losses in there. The Anthony Johnson fight, all the, you know, Alexander Gustafson. No one was saying, man, Glover's definitely going to become champion. He did. He reached the top of the mountain. He became champion. If he defends the title, I'm not saying he should retire, but I'm like, man, wouldn't that be like the coolest moment ever for that guy to go out on top, win the title, defend the title and just walk away. Now I'm not saying he's going to, but like, I just have this bad image of so many other you know guys and girls they just keep going they don't know when to walk away i'm like glover how cool of a story would that be if he could defend his title after winning it and then that be it i don't know if he'll do it but like in my heart of hearts i want that that's the kind of guy i want to go out on top you know yeah me too i think that would be incredible so um here's hoping well maybe you could get an interview and talk him into it <laughs> see i don't want to talk him into it i don't want to be that guy i don't want to be that guy talking him into it i'm just like i just think like it would because we do we you know and, and he said honestly glover has said honestly like i want to retire i don't want to be retired you know i don't want the sport to retire me and i appreciate that honesty because you and i both know there's a lot of horror stories out there of people you know losing five six in a row getting knocked out you just you don't want to see that for people i don't want to see that for anybody uh, but especially a guy like Glover who finally did, he reached the top of the mountain. Like, man, I would love to see that guy go out as champion. How cool would it be for that guy to retire as UFC champion? Yeah, it would be badass. And I just, I love his story too. He's got a great story. Um, I love that he like fought his way to the top and got knocked down and then fought his way to the top again. Like obviously Glover's a huge inspiration uh, to me and he should be a huge inspiration to anybody, you know? So, absolutely yeah, i would love to see him go out on top that would be badass absolutely last thing before i get you out of here lauren of course we mentioned we talked about the, the everything that happened the last time out the kind of you know the murphy's law everything that could go wrong went wrong now it sounds like for this one you're pretty fired up now i know fighters put on a good poker face i've talked to a lot of fighters before a fight and they're telling me man, best camp of my life i feel great afterwards it's like oh yeah i was lying i was totally lying yeah. to you it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a real bad time so listen you've never we've had incredible interviews over the years lauren you've done that you've co-hosted the podcast before it sounds like you are fired up and ready for misha tate again i'm not gonna ask you to lie to me but i mean i'm telling you it sounds like you're ready to go it sounds like you are this is a much different experience getting ready for this one versus what happened in the valentina fight yeah i mean i've changed everything around me i'm working with um so many new people on my team and i you know a lot of people are not on my team anymore and so i, I really i did i changed my environment i changed my team i changed my attitude um i really changed a lot going into this and i feel like it like I really do feel like that loss has made me so much better. And like I said, like, I'm grateful that I got to fight Valentina and it really showed me a whole other level that I could aspire to get to, you know, I mean, like I said, I fought a lot of women in the top 10 and they are at a certain level. And then I got to fight Valentina Shevchenko and she's at another level and that it just showed me. Um, not only that there is a level higher, but it kind of showed me how to get there too, you know? 
And so that's what I'm, I'm really working on. And I want these tough, like, I want this tough fight and I want these big fights and this big matchup. Like I, I just, I feel really grateful. Honestly, I feel so grateful. And, um, yeah, when I'm feeling grateful, then it's so much easier to get into a flow state. And really that's kind of like, you know, the last couple of weeks I've really started getting dialed in and, uh, finding myself. So I'm pumped. I'm pumped to go put on a show. I can't wait to go compete with all my friends. I fucking love my job. I love what I do. <laughs> I love where I'm at, like in my career and, uh, I love my story. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped. You're right. I am pumped. <laughs> it, it, sure, it sure sounds like you're going to, it sure sounds like what you're saying is Misha Tate's about to get a really rude welcome to the flyweight division is what you're telling me. She's about to get exactly what she asked for. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Lauren, thank you for taking the time, especially this deep into training camp. I really do appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your training camp out in Colorado. Uh, safe travels to the fight, of course. And thank you as always for the time. I really do appreciate it. Thanks a lot, man. Anytime. This was a blast. Thanks uh, a lot. So we'll talk soon. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Right. Thanks, David. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. Your body is your own. That's why Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Today, lawmakers who oppose abortion are challenging Planned Parenthood. Affordable, high-quality basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. Planned Parenthood believes that health care is a basic human right. That's why they fight every day to push for common-sense policies that protect our right to control our own bodies. They also work tirelessly to oppose the onslaught of new policies aimed at interfering with personal decisions best left to patients and their doctors. They won't give up and they won't back down. You can join Planned Parenthood in the fight to help make sure that the next generation can decide their own futures. The organization needs your support now more than ever. With supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit plannedparenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. There she is, Lauren Murphy. Great stuff there. I love the honesty, and I love the preview. Uh, I think we all kind of agree across the board on the fights coming up this weekend. Of course, we talked right there about the champ, the flyweight champion of the world, Valentina Shevchenko. And, of course, she is going to be defending her title against Tyler Santos 
this weekend. Uh, once again, you know, Valentina is an overwhelming favorite. I do like what Lauren said there that, you know, everyone's got a puncher's chance and I agree. Someone's got to slip up at some point, every fighter, every, you know, every champion loses the old Matt Hughes saying that I bring up so often, if you're not losing, you're not fighting the right people. Uh, but that being said, you know, Valentina is a, is a sizable favorite and most expect her as I, as do I expect her to defend the title, but Let's talk to Valentina Shevchenko and see what she has to say about this latest title defense. What everyone's buzzing about the potential of her going up and defending or excuse me and fighting for a second UFC title maybe later this year against Juliana Pena or Amanda Nunes. Uh, and also talk about her travel. She's been all over the world lately. Uh, she's always all over the world lately. And what exactly would Valentina Shevchenko do when she retires? It's a question I asked her during this interview. Let's talk right now to the champ, the flyweight champ of the world, Valentina Shevchenko. She is the UFC flyweight champion, but also the best pound-for-pound women's fighter on the planet. I am always happy to speak to Valentina Shevchenko. Valentina, how are you? Hello, Damon. Doing good. Getting ready for the uh, upcoming fight. Feeling strong. Yeah, and like doing everything necessary for the, uh, taking the victory. I love it. Now, I know you travel a lot for your training camps. You train a lot in Vegas, and you've trained over in Thailand. Now you're down in Florida. What brought you down to Florida for this camp? Climate, um, because uh, it's kind of like uh, we had a few months training in Las Vegas Performance Institute, and definitely it's uh, like amazing. It's uh, You have everything very comfortable, but um, if you're speaking about uh, Singapore, so we know it's a lot of uh, like it's humid. It's, so it's different climate. It's completely opposite than it's Las Vegas. So yeah, we decided to have like, few weeks here in florida and then singapore to have best acclimatization yeah now i know you travel all the time and a few months ago you actually went home to kyrgyzstan and you were there for quite a while right exactly we've been there for uh four months wow was that the longest you'd been home and because i know you travel home occasionally you i know you've been you know gone over for celebrations and things like that but was that the longest time you spent at home in a while Yes, it was the longest time, and I would say last time where we were there, like for a few months, it was uh, 2011. Oh, wow. (laughs) How was it being home for that long? Was it nice? I mean, I know you're still training. You never stopped doing those kind of things, but was it nice to be home for, for a big stretch like that? Yes, it was very nice to see family, to see friends, to see just to feel the spirit of my country, of Kyrgyzstan. And uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of like when you're in a rush, you kind of like, you are there, but you doesn't feel much. But when you have time to get proper acclimatization and like uh, really understand where you are at the moment, it's uh, every time the best. That's why, yes, I really enjoy it. And um, um We've been there winter time, so it was not that sunny and like amazing, but we had a good time because it was New Year celebration, other like um, winter uh, celebration. So yeah, we had amazing time. Yeah. Now, Valentina, you're you're one of the best fighters on the planet. You've been around, of course. You you know, I know you don't. 
I know you probably don't think of yourself as a celebrity, but you know, you are, you know, very, very well known. Of course, I know you're celebrating your home country, but was it nice to kind of disconnect and just go home for a while and not, you know, I mean, you were still thinking about fighting, but you know, you're not, you're not in Vegas. You're not going to the UFC fights. You know, you're not having people coming up every second, ask you for photographs or autographs. And I know you enjoy that, but you know, was it nice just to kind of disconnect and just kind of enjoy uh, home? Uh, you know, I would say it's like it's backwards, and here I'm disconnected more. Really? And there, like it's it's way way less. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Now. I always love to talk to you about your travels because you go so many places. I tell you every time I live vicariously through your Instagram. I Every time you go somewhere, I'm like, ooh, look where Valentine is at this week. I'm always curious, of all the places you've gone, is there anywhere you haven't been that you want to go? Yes, I have few places where I really want to travel. And uh, one is uh, Japan. Never been there, but really want to go. And um, Africa, never been there, like, uh, same. And, yeah, I really want to go there one day sometimes. Yeah, I had a few years ago, I was, like, dreaming to go to Australia. And I were able to travel there in 2019. So I missed New Zealand, but I really want to go there, too. So this is three places in my list. It's uh, Japan, New Zealand, uh, Africa, and I have one more, India. Okay, okay, very nice, very nice. You know, it's funny, last time we spoke was when Bruised was coming out, when the, the, the film you do with Halle Berry was coming out. Really enjoyed the film. Of course, you did a lot of press and everything around that. Then, of course, you went home to Kyrgyzstan for a while. I'm curious, Valentina, you're always on the go. You're always training. You're always doing it. Do you ever, like, take a full day off? Like, do you ever just take a day off and, like, sit up on the couch and, like, watch TV? Like, I can't I can't picture Valentina Shevchenko just, like, kicking up your feet, eating ice cream on a couch. Do you ever just take a day off like that? You know, it was funny. After my... Um travel back home to Kyrgyzstan I returned to Vegas um, by myself first and uh, like uh, my sister coach they uh, stay there for a few days more and I was like okay I will come back quietly I won't tell anyone that I'm here and I really had seven days one week like doing completely nothing (laughs) (laughs) was it nice Uh, It was kind of like weird. It was nice uh, uh, at first, maybe one or two days. And then I felt like, oh, no, I have to do something because this, uh, uh, I'm missing this like movement. I'm missing this feeling that I explore and learning something. And yeah, definitely. um, I I didn't see myself like uh, for a long time doing uh, completely nothing. (laughs) Yeah, that's what, like I said, I just can't picture you just like kicking up your feet and having ice cream it just it's just it's, i'm not used to seeing that i'm so, you're so used to you being one on day. the go all the time <laughs> one day one day can be <laughs> <laughs> so now with that you know it's also that also goes into who you are as a fighter right valentina because you know we always talk every time we talk and you get these a million interviews where people say what about the next girl and of course this time it's tyla santos and you know you always have you know the challenge of who's in front of you but you never seem to lose motivation you never seem to lose the drive 
to train, to get better, to educate yourself as a martial artist? Do you feel like, and I'm not, you know, trying to make you sound egotistical, but do you feel like in a way that does separate you from a lot of other fighters? Cause you do hear, you know, fighters, you know, who don't want to go to the gym or they don't really like training. They love fighting or, you know, you hear all these different stories. It seems like you're like the consummate professional when it comes to your career. And, you know, I think that makes a difference when you actually step inside that cage. Uh, yes, because I very uh, I have clear image about what I want and being like a martial artist for such uh, a long time. It's um, I'm training like I started at five and uh, 29 years in martial arts is speaking like <laughs> a lot about um, like myself, right? And definitely uh, all these years of experience, it's clearly showed me what I want, what I have to do to uh, chase my dreams and exactly the right approach to um, the balance between resting and training, the balance between preparation and after the fight. And it's kind of like, um, you have to know all this. Uh, you, you have to manage it. And if you want a long, successful career, you have to start to think about what is right, what is bad. Even like your nutrition, it has to be like a long time plan. It cannot be like, okay, I lose so much pound now i gain like uh double uh, all my weight back like next time and it's kind of like mess every time and it's good for uh probably um, few years right while while like fighter is young and hungry and whatever but if the fighter wants to be uh like long active and want to have successful career like long term it's definitely have to manage everything, every single aspect. And it's very important to know uh, what is your role in the life, because like um, we are so different, all people, and everyone has their own approach to the lifestyle. And if you know this is yours and uh, like nothing, nothing's gonna uh, uh, disturb you, right? There is uh, like many, uh, how would say, um, mm, things to try, but it doesn't mean that you have to try everything. And sure. this is, I understood, I understood uh, like uh, thanks to martial arts that this is my road, this is my way, this is who I am. And no matter what, uh, like there is like in the life, in the world things to try i didn't have to try them all because this is what uh, i am this is who i am and i don't have to do what like people wants me to do i have to do what i need to do <laughs> yeah you mentioned your dreams and goals you've accomplished so much in your career already valentina you know in terms of beyond you know just mma in terms of what you've done in muay thai kickboxing throughout martial arts and now of course is a multi-time defending champion in the ufc i'm curious what is the what is the dream right now what goals haven't you accomplished that you want to accomplish like what what are you still reaching for it's like, it's not just like that simple, like to win that kind of fight against it. I, I know every people, they want to hear just something simple to become double champ, like uh, based pound per pound fighter in the world. And like uh, people in general want to hear something like that simple. But for me, 
the most important uh, to do the best what I am doing right now. And right now I'm in the UFC, I'm UFC champion, and I wanna do my job the best way I can. No matter what waiting me um, on front, uh, what is like, would it be fight in different weight class against different champion, make it like double champ or whatever. Uh, I am there. I'm ready to take all the, uh, to take all opportunities. And uh, I just don't have this kind of like set of the goal. Like, okay, I'm going there. I'm just like, in general, I wanna do my job the best way. And this is the most important because I have this like, uh, how, how it is, skeleton, right? <laughs> the, this, uh, the main part and what it's gonna be like some changes on my way, mm, it's easy. I will adapt it. I will like change my uh, mind, like on how to better uh, make it. And uh, that's easy. But the most important, no matter what, to do what I do the best what I can. Yeah. It's funny because we see so many people get lost in that. You know, we see it, you know, uh, it just being a title. You know, I remember having a conversation with Joseph Benavidez years ago. You know, when he said he got so obsessed with the title, he forgot about everything else and it became a distraction almost because it was such a focus of him to become a champion. He kind of forgot about the details and you never seem that way. Even like, you know, for years, I always joked with you. We did interviews. I said, I'm not even going to bring up Amanda Nunez name because you get asked about her 19 times a day. I'm not going to do it. Uh, but it's funny because you never, you've never been that person, Valentina. You've never gotten lost in the, well, I'm worried about Amanda Nunez, or I'm worried about Juliana Pena, or I'm worried about becoming a double champ, or I'm worried about this. You kind of always have that same focus. And I think that's a lot of what makes you great, right? And again, I know you're not the person to sit there and say you're great, but it seems like that is something that separates you from a lot of people because you don't get lost in those details. You don't sit here and obsess about what's next or, you know, is it this fight? Is it that fight? Is it the title? Is it this title? You just kind of do your own thing. I think this is important uh, to become like a uh, good, great. You have to have a strong mindset. And if you have the strong mindset, it no matter what's happening around, it's never can come and get you. Um, I know exactly if there will be opportunity, if uh, UFC will make this super fight, no matter who, would be like, uh, because it all depends of uh, how July, July's fight gonna be against Amanda and Juliana Pena. So if UFC will wanna want uh, to do uh, the super fight, either of them, no matter who. So I am ready for that. I'm really ready, but it doesn't mean that I have to like sit and say, oh, when it's like the fight in July, who's going to be my opponent? <laughs> so it doesn't mean that. It's like I do my own, own things and I'm ready to take all the opportunities. And I know to be successful, I have to be very focused on what I am doing, on the trainings, uh, just like uh, walking on the street because uh, we are fighters we have to uh, think about our health it's number one and avoid all kind of like dangerous dangerous things in the world at least where uh, while we are active fighters yeah do you think and this is not me asking you to like take a shot at amanda nunez but i would argue that her last fight against juliana pena 
And I think you mentioned this in another interview. You know, she didn't quite look herself going into that fight. And maybe, you know, maybe it was because she had started to believe, you know, her own hype, whatever it was, like she was the best. And again, Amanda's an amazing fighter, but a lot of people thought she was just going to tear through, you know, Juliana Pena. It wasn't really going to be a competition. And she went out there and she had a strong opening, but then it like she kind of ran out of gas and all these weird things started happening. And Juliana was, you know, obviously fired up for the win. You, you're always very even temper. You know, I could ask you, and the reason I'm not saying anything about Tyler Santos because I know what you're going to say. Tyler Santos, you prepare for her with the same kind of energy that you use to get ready for Lauren Murphy, the same kind of energy that you got ready for Joanna and Jacek. Like you are a constant in this sport, Valentin. And I mean that as a compliment. But do you feel like that is something like we see that distraction? Like maybe that, you know, maybe Amanda got lost in thinking that Juliana wasn't as good as her. Or maybe she got lost in everyone saying you're the best pound for pound fighter in history and all these kind of things. You never seem to get lost in that kind of stuff. And Listen, I think I think it probably affected Amanda in that fight. I'm not going to lie. I think it, whatever it was, she seemed to not be herself in that fight. You never seem that way. This is what I daily try to do. No matter what happened, how much hype um, like around, surrounding, I'm trying to be myself all the time. That's why I think it's uh, very mm, nice and have all this kind of like travels when you are really go in and explore like real thing, uh, things. You are not like staying in your local place where everyone knows you, everyone like, oh yeah, maybe like say whatever, like, or something like that. You are comfortable in your place, in your like uh, where you are in your town, in your like city, whatever. But when you go outside and this is kind of like stressful situation, of course, if you are not like having this like cruise tour or like uh, staying in five stars hotel or whatever, <laughs> if you're just going and explore uh, as, a, as a person to see how people live like real life, right? And it's very, uh, uh, sometimes it can be very dangerous situations. That's why you have to be kind of like prepared mentally for that. No matter what, you have to be um, ready for anything to happen. And I think it's uh, very um, uh, helping me to um, keep this uh, same uh, maybe motivation, maybe mindset. I don't know how to name it correctly, but uh, in general, this is what I want to say. But I think uh, travels, travels help me a lot to stay uh, the way I am staying and definitely um, experience in martial arts because i've been in so much different situations and i learned also not from my mistake but from mistakes of other people how for example fame affecting them or some like different situation can affect them and i am just trying to uh, to not repeat that things i know exactly uh what mindset I have to have before the fight, leading the fight, during the training camp. And definitely uh, I do it uh, for myself and my team, my coach, my sister, they also helping me. If something going like to other direction, they kind of like, Valentina, be careful. <laughs> you are changed right now. And I'm like, okay, calm down, breathe, 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 go back. <laughs> Do you appreciate, or do you, I assume you take it as a compliment. I know you don't think about it constantly because I just know that's who you are, but do you appreciate that people call you the number one pound for pound fighter in, in, in the entire women's division? Like, do you appreciate that compliment? 
uh, of course, yes, I'm very grateful for that. I appreciate it. And uh, definitely, but I, I really don't try to think about myself kind of like, uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying not to tie this title to myself too deep, right? Because this is how it's starting, losing the motivation and whatever. So I just like, um, yeah, I, as, I, as, I, as I'm saying, I'm trying to do the best way, way what I am doing. And I am a fighter. I fighting uh, like all my life. And this is what I want to do the best way to fight and to win. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, we talk about Tyler Santos is next. And I was on the conference called a press conference a week or two ago. Uh, when they were talking and, you know, she keeps saying like her ground game is going to be the difference. And I, you, I think you smiled or something. You're like, of course they, they all say the ground game is going to be the difference. The strike is going to be different, but it's like, you have this approach with every opponent where it's Tyler Santos or the next person, it's Misha Tate or Alexa Gross, whoever it is. Like everyone says something, but it's a whole other animal when they actually step in the cage there with you. Yeah, because uh, to speak about something, to be sure about your power, it's one thing. But when you try it, and uh, like uh, usually it's happened like that when they try it, they understand it doesn't work. This for um, 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 yeah, I just uh, like the moment when they try and the technique, what they were thinking, it's gonna work. Uh, it doesn't work. This is a frustration when it's calm and they are uh, starting to break. But of course, there is like different type of the fighter who are like fighting till the end. But um, again, who in front of you? Who is standing in front of you? So they are expecting to maybe one person with some high qualities or whatever but um, they really um, starting to understand who is in front of them at the moment uh it's going to be the same for you whether it's uh whether it's tyler santos juliana pena misha tate amanda nunez it's a whole other animal when they're standing across from valentina freaking shevchenko that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying valentina no, yeah, because um, for me, um, like people, what what fighters there? Some fighters they're saying that hard part is preparation. Now it's like um, party time, the fight, the easiest <laughs> fight. But you know, I don't think that way because I think it's like the whole picture. It's we can say it's one movie and preparation, right way in, uh, like. Uh, recovering from way ins and the fight this is making the whole movie without one or another it won't be successful movie and you want to create your successful movie so movie so this is one step at a time you prepared good that's fine when done that's good recover good good but the most important it's still the fight it's not uh, the easiest it's really like uh yeah, maybe it's not there like three months of hardest training, but it's the most important. So you have to consider that, um, especially like this kind of like different approach, because if you are thinking, oh, no matter what's going to happen, I just going to go there and enjoy and have fun. So it's going to be like 50-50. You can lose, you can win, whatever. But if you really understand that it's very important part and you uh, 
don't want to just have fun there. You want to go there and win. Maybe there will be a specific situation where your character will show up and you will turn the fight to the way where it should go, right? And if, for example, you're thinking it's just a fun, maybe in that situation, your character will still sleep in and you will lose that opportunity. So I have just different approach to the whole entire picture of competition, of martial arts, of preparation and everything what is with our sport. Yeah, I know a lot of the conversation you're going to have over these next few weeks, uh, Valentina, beyond Tyler Santos, is, of course, everyone's going to talk about Juliana and, and Amanda uh, and you potentially going up and becoming a two-division champion. Listen, I'd be lying if I said I don't want to see that because I do. I want to see that as well. But you've always made a big deal to me about you know the growth and continuing to build the flyweight division. And it's kind of fun right now. Tyler Santos is a new challenge. You've got you know, Mano uh, Furat, who's out there. You've got, of course, Alexa Grasso who's coming up. Misha Tate, I mentioned, is coming in the division. She's got a tough fight against uh, Lauren Murphy coming up. Are you excited about the flyweight division in terms of what you're seeing? Because we do see a lot of new talent. I know, unfortunately, Casey O'Neill just had knee surgery, so she's going to be out for a little while, but she looked like a pretty good, you know, up-and-coming contender. Are you are you excited about the future of flyweight? Uh, I always told that flyweight is the perfect weight class for female fighters, like, because you can see, like... Um, so much like going up from strawweight so many uh girls uh, so many girls going for down from bantamweight so it's a, like um i would say the perfect weight class for uh like females um, because kind of like we are not too big not too small we are kind of like uh in the middle <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah definitely there is so many good fighters so many talents they every time we're here they were here but for people to realize it since the beginning since the beginning when fly flyweight was created there was like uh, all girls they was very talented but for people to realize it it need time to finally like see this whole like weight class as a weight class with their own stars, with their own names, with their like whatever, right? And this is, I think, what happening right now. Once time pass and people get used to like fans to see constantly flyweights, 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 they are starting to, yeah, so think about that kind of like different. But I said from the very, very beginning, it's like straight. It's like very good uh, flyweights. And it's it's not, we are not speaking about like me and other like girls. I speaking in general. There is like so many good, good, really good fighters there. Yeah, it's also deeper. I got to be honest, Valentina. Bantamweight, I was looking at Bantamweight after this past week, and it's not the deepest division. Flyweight's actually a lot deeper than Bantamweight, if you ask me. Yeah, this is exactly because we just have few names in Bantamweight. The other girls, some of them retired, other like uh, moved down to Flyweight. And um, yeah, just like maybe three, four, five names. That's it. This is a bantamweight at this moment, but I'm sure it's gonna be like more young, like fighters, younger fighters, and but the same. It's kind of like uh, female body. It's just like naturally, it's not that big, and it's very hard to find like too much good bantamweights. And we see once uh, you see created two weight classes, flyweight and bantamweight, the 
mostly like uh, a lot of girls, they move down to flyweight because they were not uh, naturally bantamweight. They fought in bantamweight, but they uh, smaller, smaller than this weight class. Yeah. Now, of course, I know you're leaving for Singapore soon to go over there and have this fight. Have you already met? I, I don't want to look. I'm not looking past Tyler Santos in any way, shape or form, but have you mapped out? Like, are you going to stay overseas for a while? I'm, I'm asking because I'm curious. Are you going to come back and maybe attend uh, UFC 277 when the Bantamweight title is on the line? Are you interested enough to want to go to that fight? Oh, you see to seven to seven. It's too far from here still. <laughs> like so many changes can happen, but I can say for sure uh, that I will come back and will be in the training camp like final uh, months for my sister. She's fighting July 9th here in Las Vegas in the United States. And uh, yeah, it's going to be um, uh, like a few weeks of her preparation. And of course, of, of course, International Fight Week. I will be there too, like hanging out with the fans, with everyone and uh, be in the corner of her fight. So this is my like uh, close plans for the future. But after that fight, I don't know, it will be a lot of travel. I doubt I will stay like in one place. It's going to be like everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Now, last thing before I get you out of here, we talked the last time I mentioned, of course, you did the movie with Halle Berry. You got a little bit of acting. I know you're also working right now towards getting your pilot's license, which is something your sister has done as well. So what, like, I'm curious, Valentina, like what else? Because I also know you love shooting guns. You also have a lot of activities you do outside of, uh, outside of, uh, of fighting, but what's your favorite thing to do? Do you have a favorite thing to do when you're not fighting? Oh, yes. I really love and enjoy a lot to drive my boat. And I'm uh, driving boat here in, uh, not here, in Las Vegas, in Nevada, on uh, in the Lake Mead. It's one thing. It's like, it's so good. The water is so clean. In summertime, it's perfect. And like fishing here, it's so nice. But also driving our boat in Washington State, in Puget Sound, it's amazing. And we did it last summer we spent two months over there just living on board and just um, like going to different marinas stay overnight there move to other marina and it was something just amazing and i really look forward for this summer to do it again and um, in the future uh, i have power board but in the future i really want to um, uh, learn how to sail and sail a little bit further <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. Cause I'm like, I feel like you're the adventurous kind of person who would actually try to like sail, like sail around the world or something crazy one day. Like I could see you doing that. Like that seems like that would be a lot of fun. Like go on a, you know, a, just a crazy trip, uh, you know, travel from the States over to Europe or something crazy like that. And, you know, sailing, like I can totally see you doing that. I, I, I say um, it's a lot of knowledge. It has to be um, a lot of preparation for that kind of trips. And you really have to know your boat. You ha really have to know like uh, just um, simple like mechanic stuff. And you have to know all tides, uh, like wind direction, like if you travel internationally, migration rules and how to approach radio communication. So it's a lot, a lot uh, of things to learn, but uh, nothing is possible and i really believe uh, one day i will do that years from now valentino when fighting is done and you have an incredible nickname we all know bullet is an incredible nickname but i'm just saying when the career's done and you're just out sailing your boat and enjoying life 
What do you think? Captain Valentina Shevchenko sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Sounds amazing. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Well, Valentina, it is always a pleasure to catch up with you. I really do appreciate the time. I know you're leaving for Singapore in a matter of days. So uh, safe travels over to the fight. Best of luck in the fight. Cannot wait to see you back in action. And thank you, as always, for taking the time. You know I appreciate it. Thank you, Damon. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. You too. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye. A big thank you, of course, to the champ herself, Valentina Shevchenko. She defends her title this weekend against Tyler Santos in the co-main event at UFC 275 from Singapore. We will have full coverage over on MMA Fighting all week long. Of course, our guy Jose Youngs is over there in Singapore right now. Thank you to Jose for taking that trip because I do not want to fly to Singapore. I'd love to visit Singapore sometime, but I have no desire to sit on a plane for like 12 hours. I'm just not built for that. Five hours, six hours about my max right now as far as planes go. Although I haven't been on a plane in like three years of the pandemic, so we'll find out when I go on vacation in July if I'm ready for that plane life again. Uh, Of course, a huge thank you to Lauren Murphy for coming on the show, talking about her fight coming up with Misha Tate, and of course, uh, talking about the Valentina Shevchenko fight and also helping me break down the three big fights coming up at UFC 275, so I appreciate her for that. Uh, Thank you as always to everyone that tunes in each and every week to the fighter versus the rider we'll be back next week for another edition of the show make sure you check us out on all of your favorite podcast platforms apple podcast spotify uh stitcher and of course over on mmafighting.com we'll see you guys next week for another edition of the fighter versus the rider thanks for tuning in we'll see you then Media Podcast Network. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care. And with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit plannedparenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause.